I just want to thank our fans for sticking with the Bears. We're going to do everything we can to improve in 2020. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. The word that comes to my mind is regression. And why did we regress? There's a lot of belief in Mitch. It's really a consistency issue. I think we all saw the flashes. Here's a quick throw to Miller. Touchdown! What a throw there by Trubisky. He keeps again. Touchdown, Trubisky. What a night for number 10. And that gave us hope, and then he regressed a little bit. Fumble by Trubisky after missing a would-be touchdown. Trubisky all day to throw it, and he just laid it right into the hands of Julian Love. So I think his approach this offseason is to really understand defenses and how they disguise coverages. I think he'll be able to do that. He's got all the ability in the world. From WGN Radio, it's Adam Ho. There's a fine line between winning and losing in the NFL. Points are points, and if they're giving them to you, you take them. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. 8-8 eight eight just seems perfect for what they are this year. The offense, the quarterback taking steps back, significant. Here they are, the Adams. 8-8, eight eight, no one's happy. It's not all just one person's fault. Hogan Johns. Let's begin now. Uh, I bet when Ted Phillips talked to the media at the end of the season, he didn't know he'd be featured in the Hoka Johns podcast. No, for I'm me. loving the beat, though. Oh, yeah, it's good. We need some uplifting, uh, some vibes. That's good stuff. New season. Got the draft to talk about. Yeah, you're a draft expert all of a sudden. Absolutely, I'm, I am. I'm impressed. Thank I'm you. impressed. I'm going to have one of those mini big draft boards that you used to have. Used to have. I still have it down it's right, here. It's, right there. Um, it's very old. And is that Eagle Ferguson's name on there? I think uh, Mitch Trubisky's name is still on here. Actually, Christian McCaffrey's on here. Uh, by the way, Kevin Fishbane's on the line too. What's up, Kevin? Just looking at my draft board. Got yeah. uh, Joe Gaziano one. After that, just a <laughs> mishmash. All right, here here's some names on here. Miles Garrett. Up oh, there he is, Mitchell Trubisky. It's only spelled Mitch. Just one name. He was a one name man then, like Prince. Mitch Trubisky. Oh. And then uh, you may have heard of this guy who I haven't uh, written in pink for some reason. Patrick Mahomes. There he is. Also, Deshaun Kaiser and Nathan Peterman. A lot of quarterbacks on this list here. Uh, welcome in. This is the Hogan Johns you podcast. Throw that out. I don't know why I still have it, to be honest with you. It's been sitting down there for obviously years. Um, I also have an old Bears, a different one that has a Bears uh, depth chart. Oh, let me see that. And, and it, Whoa, as I drop <laughs> and it. And he just dropped Oh, my God, it. half the names just came off of it. Yeah. That's all right. Um, I like it. Look at these names. Pull off some of the most random name ever. Some of these I can't even. There's an R. Reynolds. I have no idea who that is. Rashad Reynolds. Rashad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Right? No. Yes. Yes. Maybe. How about B. Addison? That's who's B. Addison? Uh, Braylon Addison, wide receiver. There wow, this this is impressive. Yeah, why do you know this? Um, how about Eddie Royal? Remember Eddie Royal, the great Eddie Royal era? We have a C. Richardson on here. Uh, Cyril Richardson, offensive oh, guard, yeah. who's in the XFL. I like this game. Jay Perillo. Uh, we'd also like to announce here that Kevin Fishbane is our new XFL expert. He's been watching a ton of it. And so if you have any XFL questions, please direct them to at Fishbane on Twitter. Got any? Uh, yeah. Go keep ahead. it to sad. I didn't uh, Saturday games. I, I, I haven't really kept up with the Sunday games as well. Okay. So I'm, I'm a very niche XFL viewer, which is I watch the Saturday games. Okay. All right. Well, hey, that's uh, definitely more than John's. I have not watched one. I, I, the only thing I've actually watched and considered seriously is the kickoff. And that was on Twitter, and that's it. Well, the kickoff's legit. The kickoff is awesome. I'm I just have this image of John Z just watching that kickoff on repeat. Just you know, I, I, I actually did. I thought it was cool. Yeah. I think some blocking schemes could be implemented. Yeah, huh? I'm intrigued. Wait a minute. Can I get a full athletic breakdown of blocking schemes <laughs> that can now be designed <laughs> off of the new Absolutely kickoff? you can. Absolutely yeah. you can. All right. Uh, welcome in. This is Hogan Johns on The Athletic. Uh, the uh, reason I was giving uh, Johnsy here some uh, trouble about being a draft expert is because he actually has a phenomenal draft piece up on The Athletic that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Some prospects that the Bears should be looking at next week. Kevin Fishbane is here. You can follow these guys on Twitter at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S, 
at K Fishbane. I'm at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E. Read both of those guys on The Athletic. I'm at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. Um, we do have some Bears news to get to. We got some enormous NFL news to get to. And I was very tempted, though, Johnsy. I have a, an enormous, big MCU update Ooh. that I almost wanted to lead the podcast with. But I'm going to save it for later. A little bit of a tease. But it's a big one. Okay. Okay. I'm just, excited. Just leave that there. Should we call Kevin back? Um, for that part? He's a Star I mean, Wars guy. Kevin's a Star Wars guy. I mean, Kevin's still here. Is your news that you're actually going to send that link of the, the order to which to watch the movies? I did that last week. Oh, I didn't send oh. it to you. You know what? I apologize. <laughs> I didn't text it to you. I tweeted it. But I thought you were on the tweet. I'm almost positive you were on the tweet. I might have been. Guys, listen, when you're who I am, I can't see every tweet that I mentioned. <laughs> so, yeah. When you're Mike Lennon. No. You, you, uh, you're busy, man. Um, all right. Well, we do have some breaking news. Much anticipated all offseason. We've been discussing it. The Bears signed a tight end to change the offense and the direction of this franchise. Demetrius Harris. Who again? Demetrius Harris. A former standout basketball player who averaged, I think, nine points per game. Then that's not quite a standout. <laughs> At UW-Milwaukee, my wife's alma mater. Definitely not a standout. Yeah. But he played ball. But he uh, played ball. I got I to hand it to the Bears. This strategy, they are sticking in the strategy of signing these basketball players. Yeah, this is well, where you come the, in because I don't care. One has to work out, right? <laughs> you keep, you know, if you sign 10 four basketball players who are now tight ends, the odds are one of them might be okay. That means Adam McHole is going to have some great pickup games here at Life Fitness here in Vernon Hills. <laughs> yeah, the, the, see you, Sherrick. See you, Martellus. Look at these yeah. new guys in here. Martellus was a baller. Um, yeah, if the, you know what? If you sign, I'm on the Kevin Sarah here. If, if you sign 10 basketball playing tight ends, one of them will be Antonio Gates. Probably not. Um, Demetrius Harris has been in the league for a while, though, and he was on the Chiefs with Matt Nagy, so there's your connection. I uh, was with the Browns last year. Still only has, like, what, 75 catches in his career? Yeah. It's like, comes out to 10 a year, I think, or something like that, if you average it out. So it's a start. Is he better than Adam Shaheen? Um, Probably. Okay. I, I, I'm Basketball comfortable saying Demetrius Harris is the best tight end on the Bears roster. Right whoa, 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 whoa. He's whoa. better than Trey Burton? Well, let me He's the best healthy tight end on okay. the Bears roster right now. Okay. How's that's that? Fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all know they're going to sign take guys. him over Adam Shaheen every day and twice on Sunday. Well, look, if he's, I, I, I mean, all due respect to Adam Shaheen, if Demetrius Harris is on the field, he's better than Adam Shaheen. Like no, but that's been, that's the problem. He hasn't been on the field. You, you have to be available. Yes. So I mean, that's that's the problem. Yeah. So I mean, in that sense, it could be an upgrade. But let, let's also be fair here. It's not this. This isn't the guy that's going to change the position. What's funny about that too, Hogar, and, and you guys might have seen this on Twitter is. There, there's so many fans out there thinking like this is the tight end that our team has signed. This was our move at tight end. This does not preclude the Bears from doing anything else that they want to do at tight end. It's a guy that knows Nagy's offense, fills a need. He, maybe he, he might not even make the roster for all we know, but you know, it's just somebody that's an easy fit who can understand what Nagy wants out of that spot, and, and you know, just adds to the competition. This is not the the end of of the Bears you know, trying to fix that position. Do you know who I think would have precluded the Bears from making a run at some of these tight ends? Your Hunter Henrys, your Austin Hoopers, your Eric Ebrons? I think signing a Greg Olson, as much as people wanted a reunion, a one-year, $7 million contract, that would have prevented giving $7 million to an Austin Hooper. Yes. Uh, Are you guys surprised they didn't at least give him a phone call? No, I'm not, because... Look, I love Greg Olson. Um, he's not he's not the same player, and he's had a lot of injury problems the last few years. Okay, he's really struggling to, to stay on the field. So, as good as he is when he's healthy, or was was right. You're gonna you're gonna spend. Aren't aren't they right now projected to have 
$12 million in cap space. Yes, I know that can all change. But yep. right now, $12 million. So you're going to give more than half of that to a 30, what is he, 34, 34-year-old 30, tight end? Yeah, a guy who works television broadcast like, during the season. It's just not good business. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not good business. So, um, And I think they also want to have more than just a one-year stopgap. Right, I think a reunion would have been cool maybe a few years ago, but obviously he was leaving Carolina. You know what would have been cool? Not trading him yeah. in the first place. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> maybe having a Let's tight end there. Yeah, maybe I'm having a tight end right there. Yeah. for the last decade. Yeah, yeah. Which was, by the way, the first move that was made after the last CBA was signed. Oh, getting rid of Greg Olson. I remember I was at the Big Ten uh, football media days. What a dumb move! And like the uh, there was the lockout ended, and here comes free agency in the middle of was that July or August at that point? The end of July. Here comes free agency. Really odd time. And then oh, the Bears are trading Greg Olson. Yeah, let's you know let's make your newly acquired quarterback angry yeah. as well. They're doing what? What? Are you, what? Yeah. Um. Anyway. That that was ten years ago, almost. I think. Well, not quite, because they're trying to get the CB done, CBA done early. But hey, that's a good transition because you're a pro. The huge news that came out yesterday, uh, not really unexpected on the seventeen game schedule side, but the expansion of NFL playoffs most likely going into effect immediately. The seventeen game schedule is very unlikely to happen this season. Uh, we can get into the reasoning for that in a second. But if this agreement comes together, and there sure seems to be a ton of momentum here to get this thing done before the start of free agency, uh, which I've been talking about for weeks now, I think it's a win-win for both sides. They seem to be close enough that this is going to happen. But part of this new CBA agreement will be an extra wildcard team in both conferences, bringing the total number of teams that make the playoffs to 14. This is huge news for uh, entertainment reasons. You're not yeah. going to have Wild Card Weekend. Have six games on Wild Card Weekend, which is awesome. Um, but it also means that you know the Bears' playoff chances immediately go up. Yeah, I, I'm all for it. I, I don't see what when did the playoffs last change? At least the rules. 2002 is it? Well, uh. Yeah, was that when the Texans got when added? The, when the Texans got added to the league. That was yes. when it went to... I mean, the same number of teams got in, but there, you lost a wild card team because right. so, so the divisions I, changed. I, I, some people are upset about the changes. Some people think the, the, the current process is perfect. I, more playoff football, the better. I love playoff football. How is this viewed as bad? Uh, be, well, I'll tell you why it's viewed as bad, and I'll tell you why that opinion is bad. Because they look at last year... And Devlin Hodges and the Steelers would have gotten in. So yeah. what? I, I'm you got the three of us are old enough to remember when everyone bitched and moaned about the Seahawks getting in at what seven and nine. Yeah, and they had one of the greatest playoff moments and upsets in history against the Saints. So like, I, I mean, who like? Let's say you get a situation where your seventh team in each conference is just not that good. Okay, so then they lose to the two seed and then you move on. I mean, if you looked at the analytics, the Texans were one of the more mediocre teams in the playoffs this year, and they gave us two great playoff games, very exciting playoff games this year. I I don't – I mean, I'm biased. I texted Hogue this last night. I spend my fall Saturdays watching Northwestern, and I've clearly been spending my winter Saturdays watching the XFL. So who am I to, you know, say we don't need mediocre football? I watch a lot of it. But I think it's great. I think it's I think it's awesome, and I think we all know it's coming too, guys. Is after a couple of years, it'll eventually be eight teams in each conference. Well, I do think that there is a limit to. Um, I do think there is a point where you water it down maybe a little bit too much. I don't think if you reach that point yet. No, I'm, I don't think you have either. And, and so I. But let's see how seven works first. It wouldn't surprise me if you go to eight. But then you. The one, the one good thing about seven from each conference getting in is that really puts a lot of value on getting the one first-round buy in each conference, uh, which leaves those teams towards the top with something huge to play for the final three weeks. Fun fact, Kevin Fishbane, fun, fun fact, uh, even though I didn't get this from him, but we have not had a Super Bowl winner come out of the wildcard round since... Uh, 2012. So since 2012, which I, I think that was the Ravens, right? Yes. Every 
winner of the Super Bowl has had a first-round buy. So those buys are very valuable. Now you're losing. Now you're cutting that in half. And also, I just want to bring that up. Like, this has always, for the most part, been a battle between the top four seeds. So I know some people are like, oh, well, now it's just some like team that doesn't deserve to get in there and we're going to watch bad football. Like, all right, I hate to break it to you, but most of the wild card games, if you're going to have that type of attitude, have been meaningless the last few years anyway. It's about entertainment. It's, it's the playoffs. It's playoff NFL football. And the chances are that most of the times those teams aren't going to go on to win the Super Bowl, but it's still entertaining. And you want to give me six wild card games on wild card weekend? Sign me up. Yep, yep. Put me in my couch at noon, and I will be there till 10.30 p.m. or whatever. Who doesn't like a good underdog story? Like yeah. Kevin's saying with the Saints, the 7-9, not 7-9 Seahawks beating the Saints. Everybody loves that. So go back to 2012. What were you guys saying Ooh. before? The Bears would have made the playoffs. The Bears would have made the playoffs. And they were a 10-6 and six team that year. So you, sometimes you have these years where some divisions are, are just loaded. Absolutely loaded. Like I feel like the, NF, the NFC South's had a few years like this with the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons just, just rotating and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's beneficial, especially when you have divisions kind of like the North. It kind of eats itself up a bit. 2012 Bears would have been in. So uh, does that mean Lovey Smith would not have been fired? Yes. I actually disagree with that. I, I, I'm going back to my own memories of 2012 and some of the things I wrote. I still think he had to win a playoff game. Well, you can go real sliding doors and argue that if they made the playoffs in 2011, which they would have also under this, that does Jerry Angelo keep his job? There we wow, go. There. Now we're getting yeah. serious. Yeah, but now we're getting real serious. Now that may have actually been a good thing, though. Yes. Um, so open that sliding door. I like that. Because <laughs> the problem with if Lovey stays on... Maybe Phil Emery's reign as GM goes longer. And that was just a bad philosophy to be going down the way he was operating the roster. Um, Jerry Angelo, I don't know. That's a different story. You know what? The, the only thing that's lost in all that, though, is those guys on the defensive side of the football were getting older. The window was going to shut eventually anyway. Yeah, but then I think the Bears themselves as an organization <laughs> shut it when they <laughs> fired all the defensive staff. Yeah, and uh, and kicked Brian Erlacher of all people, yeah. out the door. Yeah. What was you know kind of unusual about Brian was he kind of played like a monster man in New Mexico. They said goodbye to him in a press release. Ugh. Yeah, that was bad. Brian Erlacher. That was Do you bad. guys think um, the, the reason – if I could backtrack for a second, the reason I said it's going to go to eight at some point is because the one seed is going to get a considerable advantage, obviously. And I wonder, you know, this the league is so reactionary and their rules changes. I wonder if you have like two or three years in a row where it's one seed versus one seed in the Super Bowl, then they'll say, you know what, let's, all right, fine, we'll give two seed, two teams, or we'll give no buys and have eight teams in. Like, I just, I wonder how long it gets in, oh. until enough teams complain about only one team getting a buy that they just say, all right, fine, we'll just go to eight and eight. And I think that is your uh, standard and obvious cutoff. That you don't go more than 50% of the league. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's where when you do go to 16 teams making it, now you're talking about like the NHL and the yeah, NBA, absolutely. where it just seems like it's too much. Um, but we've seen in the NHL, eight seeds beat one yeah. seeds. It happens like almost it, every year. That's an interesting point, Kevin. Um, my first reaction to that would be then like, okay, we'll win. Go be the one seed, you know. Um, but I think the other part of this has to be, though, how it affects the regular season. What's I, what's I think getting lost in this conversation is part of this was necessary. If you're going to go to 17 games, you pretty much had to add an extra playoff team because you had to make those extra games matter. If you're going to add a whole week to the season – you have to bring more teams into the fold because now all, we already have a situation where too many teams are playing meaningless games in December and they know they go into December and they don't have a chance. So by adding an extra wild card, you know, you're probably adding what five Think about, remember the hashtag in the hunt? I was going to say, can you imagine the, yeah. <laughs> the length of the in the hunt graphic? Yes. It, it changes things. Same so, thought exactly. So by going to a 17-game schedule, you almost had to add um, an extra wild card. Now, if they somehow go to 18 games down the road, which has always been discussed, well, maybe that's when you go to... get rid of the preseason then, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost 
So that's the other part of this we should mention. They're going to go to three preseason games. They're already at three preseason games, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and I think what will happen is there will really only be two that the starters playing at all. Now that third preseason game will become the fourth preseason game where nobody plays. Right. I, I don't think this is over with in terms of the negotiations to have this done. I think the, the league's going to have to give a little bit more in terms of player health, whether that's different rules, relenting, whatever it is. I think they're not quite there yet. Well, there was a report this morning that um, there's going to be more restrictions on practice time and yes, training that's camp. Fine. Uh, I'm you, sure you coaches will hate that. I, I think the players are winning here because it sounds like not. I shouldn't say they're winning over the owners, but so far it sounds like a win-win for both sides um, because they they are giving. It sounds like they're going to give up a little bit more money in the revenue to the player side, which is over. It goes up a percentage and maybe a percentage and a half. Yeah, that's that's key. Um, it doesn't sound like a lot, but in reality, that's like billions of dollars over 10 years. And then they're also going to be more money added to the pie just from having a 17-game schedule. Now, that's p- part of the complication of when to institute the 17th game because some guys are under contract now for a few years. So are they going to see any extra money? Um, are they going to have an extra check added to their contract? Or are they just right now, whatever... It's it's kind of like you know anybody in any business having a, a, you know, a, a set salary and then all of a sudden somebody lays uh you know an extra three weeks of work on your plate yeah, you know what yeah, i mean yeah. like you're not going to be okay with that so you you got to figure that out here and that's why i think they that's part of the negotiation of when the 17 game schedule will actually start i don't know how closely you've been following it i know i've been i don't know off reading about it but what's the, the it's the funding rule just in terms of they're not going to get fully guaranteed contracts like the rest of the, the no. professional sports but Having more of it, fun, that seems to be a sticking point. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? The, the funding of these contracts where they, these teams just can't void them after one or two years. Well, but at some point, that just comes down to negotiations. You know, um, one thing I did see going up is that player incentive. What's uh, what do they actually call that? What's the actual, um, you know, when you get bonuses for how you play? Player perform like yeah those escalators yeah, yeah, that come in race, it sounds yeah. like that pool might go up too okay. so there might be some of that um, you know there's little things here and there they can do I what wh- what I find interesting though you know who I think's losing so far in all this the coaches because it sounds like the coaches you now have a seventeen at another seventeenth game now you're going to lose a preseason game so technically the length of like your work isn't changing. But there's a huge difference between the fourth preseason game and a regular season game. Right. So they're working more. I'm not sure their money gets affected by this. Um, and they're getting more restrictions on practice time, which yeah. you know they hate. Yeah. So out of anybody right now that may be looking at this and going, I don't like what's happening, I would think it'd be the coaches. Yeah. It's not like they're going to stop working just because practice time is restricted either. They're still going to spend a lot of time in the film room doing all I mean. sorts of yeah. different things. Those guys work relentless hours. And the coaches were a very interesting group of people in the 2011 lockout because they all wanted to get back to work. They wanted to practice. Yeah. They like they they had a draft and then couldn't even get their players into the building, but they couldn't take the players' side because they had to kind of technically take the owner side because yeah. that's who their bosses are, and they don't have the union strength that the NFLPA that you know offers the players. So they were kind of in this weird middle spot and i think i think you're right they're going to be kind of back there again where they're going to be the ones who are just like aren't really too excited about any any of this i just want more playoff football yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm in i like this. i mean i understand i'm all for players fighting for everything they get it's a ruthless sport we've seen it i mean i feel like i've, I've talked about alex smith every single week since the season's ended i mean look at the guy gruesome leg injury leg infection all sorts of things happen to these players. So they have every right to fight for every health benefit they can get. But it seems to me that they're going to come to an agreement before the 2020 season begins. I think the money's going to go up. This is going to be, it's never going to be perfect, but at least there's no lockouts to be discussing at this point. That, that's a huge positive. Yeah. Uh, one, and by the way, for the, sorry, for the Bears, makes them look pretty smart for getting that Eddie Jackson deal done when they did. Yeah. 
Well, and I think Which that's we, why they were so we eager knew, to We kind of knew that. We kind of yeah. knew that that was going to be the point. But if this thing really does get done by the start of the league year and things change, you know, they're, that, that, that contract, assuming Jackson continues to play well, is going to look like a, a real bargain a year from now. Yeah, and I also think that's why the Al Robinson thing is very unlikely to happen until, you know, later. He, that's why I've always pegged Al Robinson as more as maybe the guy who gets the extension towards the end of preseason training yeah. camp yeah. type guy because they they not only had to figure out who they want to add to this team in regular free agency but also the CBA and by the way I think the reported number right now is a little bit lower than I thought but maybe an extra five million added to the cap this year yeah. if they get this deal per done. team so hey that, that all helps yep that's an extra that's an extra player um the one thing one last thing on the schedule that I hadn't actually thought about Kevin until you texted me about this last night it's just like how you fit that 17th game in. So that's an odd number. So are some teams going to have uh, nine home games and others are only going to have eight? Or is everybody going to start playing? Are they going to expand the international games to the point where everybody has a neutral site game? Yeah. But one interesting observation by Kevin when I texted that back to him because I think that's something that could actually happen is if everybody plays an international game, though, you still have an issue where overall, if you include the preseason, some teams are playing more home games than others. So You're talking about gates now. Yeah, yeah. Now we're just talking about gate money. Now, I I ultimately think that's not a huge problem because I think they'll find ways to offset that revenue. You can still, money. oh yeah. You're still then if you have one less home game in 2017, you're going to have an extra one in 2018. So from a budgetary stand, and I just pulled out two random years. I realize it's not 2017 anymore. Going back in time. Um, <laughs> uh, my point is that you still over two years would have the same amount of games. You can project that from a budgetary standpoint. I don't necessarily think that's a huge issue. What I, I, I do like the idea of rotating neutral sites, though. Well, so here's my thing about that, though. I. If you had an international game, and maybe it's not even international, like maybe you just come up with some other neutral sites, like maybe two teams playing Hawaii every year. I don't know. I'm in. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely in. Ireland, I'm in. Where else can we go? Does that does that lose the luster though? I'll if even go to Canada. If I'm you're in. playing one every year, does that start to water down? Like, think about the excitement there was about the Bears going to London. If you're going to London like every other year, sometimes twice, because I'm sure London would end up with eight games a year. Though. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess my counterpoint to that would be the NFL wants this exactly. They want to spread their their growth. Does that make sense? <laughs> they want to, you know, increase their brand, man. Spread their brand. Well, Kevin, yeah, I, go ahead. I think I'm. I don't know. I think we're years away from 16 neutral games. Like logistically, that just sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and you have the issue where, as you talked about, you'd have half the teams in the league. The teams that hosted only one preseason game would get one less home gate a year. So how do you balance that out? You can't. You just can't have 16 teams with one less home game. But What's going to, I, I would assume, because again, I don't think you can have 16 neutral site games for a while. So you're going to have half the league with nine home games, half the league with eight, and then I'm at, you rotate it the next year. So I think you would have to make it that every team in each division has the same amount of home games. So in 2021, you know, the Bears, Vikings, Lions, and Packers would all have eight home games. And then in 2022, they would all have nine home games. I think that you'd have to do it that way. But could you imagine a scenario where, you know, you're the eight seed and you're trying to get into the playoffs and the team that gets in and beats you by one game, they might have had one more home game than you. And a league that home where home field advantage is so crucial. I just think that's kind of a interesting, somewhat odd consequence of this, which and I'm always thinking about the future tells me that after five or six years of teams complaining about it, you'll eventually just get to 18 games where everybody has nine home games. Yeah, and um, yeah, maybe. Also, that's probably part of the reason why they go to seven, an extra wildcard team making the playoffs. So that scenario you just pointed out that where maybe a team gets that didn't have the nine home games doesn't make the playoffs. Well, now they have a little bit extra opportunity to get in with the extra playoff spot. So I think that might be part of it too. The the other thing also is, you know, the way the scheduling works right now, it's, it's so uh, perfect in the math in that you, 
you play a division from the NFC, you play a division from the AFC, and then you your crossover games are just whatever you play the corresponding position from the same conference in the other divisions. Well, now you have this extra game. Where's it coming from? You know, you're just going to pull some random team. That, yeah. that, that's a huge question I have. My only suggestion, and I'm curious where you would come on this, I, I think I would rather have pull an extra game from the other conference. Yeah. yeah. So, and maybe have it be, um, so the Bears finished in third place this year, right? So maybe it's the third place team from the AFC West, which you just played this year. Like the reasoning being, I don't who finished in third. Was it the Raiders or the Broncos in the end? I think it was the Broncos or no, the Raiders, Raiders, the Raiders. So you'd kind of have that rematch against the Raiders this year. And it, it, there would be from the previous season, maybe something to play for, maybe a storyline that happened last year. That's the only thing I can think of because where else is this 17th game coming from? When, when I covered the, the NHL, when they started to consider redoing a schedule, one of the complaints was the that a lot of these markets wanted to see the Sidney Crosby's or the Alex Ovechkin's more. I mean, obviously, that would help like the smaller markets of the world, mm-hmm. your Floridas, your, your, your Phoenixes and whatnot, because you want star attractions. I, I think, to a lesser extent, the same applies. Like, Who wouldn't want to see a Patrick Mahomes playing in... Seattle more or yeah. something like that. Like that type of stuff. Like a Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes matchup. That's fantastic. You want to see things like that. You want to see your stars travel. Who? How often have we seen Tom Brady here in Chicago? Not a lot. Like it, it, he only played I mean, twice yeah. in the end. It, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like a, a Peyton Manning is prime. Like that type of stuff from a fan perspective. Spreading your stars around. It's like the Mike Trout stuff. Like the discussion in baseball, like how often do certain teams see Mike Trout, especially when they're playing on the, on the West Coast, you know? It's growing your brand through, you know, having them be more visual. And I think that would help. Like, spreading your stars around the league would only be more beneficial for the league. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And that would be the extra game. That's that, what I'm saying. That would be... I'm not saying that you use Patrick Mahomes everywhere, but you get my point. Like, it, it all helps based on the rotation that you set. Yeah. It, I, I'm, I'm, a lot of this is just thinking about it, like as we're talking about. You but, should work for the NFL, my friend. Well, I've, this is the kind of stuff I think about all the time. Kevin, your response? I think you could see Tom Brady at Soldier Field eight to ten times this year. Ooh, wow! Uh, Kevin Fishbane from the Athletic reporting. <laughs> Big news: Tom Brady coming to the Bears. <laughs> this is where you heard it first. Should be one of those guys who says like, "Hey, maybe Tom Brady comes to the Bears," and then it actually happens. And then I'll tweet like, "As I said on the Hogan Johns <laughs> podcast on February twentieth." Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think you should do that. I love that. You know, yeah. uh, in a very joking matter, matter, uh, Dan Patrick did that today because Dan Patrick reported in twenty fourteen <laughs> that the NFL was going to go to a, an extra playoff team, and that ended up not happening for six years. And so today he was having this, he opened his show. He's like vindication. As I said, as, in 2014, as I reported six years ago, as I wrote down in my journal when I was in eighth grade for a class project. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good stuff. Uh, Kevin, any uh, XFL thoughts, any Northwestern thoughts, anything you want to leave us with? Um, I will say that if, if somebody, if I'm writing an article or, or tweet about new Bears tight end Demetrius Harris and call him Demetrius Fields by accident, it's because that was a former Northwestern wide receiver. So just, you know, sometimes I'm, I just get names wrong sometimes. So bear with me. Okay. Uh, yeah. But uh, Demetrius Harris, not Fields, best healthy tight end on the Bears right now. Is it kind of similar to certain coaches calling certain reporters Ken? <laughs> could be it could be uh, a certain coach of a certain xfl team do, pod, do, our, do our podcast listeners know that that mark tressman used to call kevin fishbane ken yes multiple times yeah and he, that's a good question ken and then didn't he call david hall jeff yes 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 Yes, he did. Yes. Uh, I'll tell the story quickly. It was 2014, my second year on the beat, and obviously Mark's second year. And I know the first time he did it, I was like, did, did he say Kev? And then and then it happened again and again. 
And my dad started tuning in to listen to Mark Tresson press conferences because his name actually is Ken. So he thought it was mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, and I actually just, <laughs> I'll admit this now, I came up with the story idea that I wasn't really that excited about, but I just needed a one-on-one time with Mark Trestman to tell him my name was Kevin. So I got him off to the side for the story. I said, Mark, good to see you. By the way, it's Kevin. I introduced myself in some kind of awkward way like that. And he got very uncomfortable. He goes, oh, I know, I know. I, I've said that, right? I might've gotten it wrong once or twice. That was a few days before the Patriots-Bears game 2014. We all remember that one. And when Rob Gronkowski ran over everyone, and after the game, I asked him a question about Gronk, and he looked right at me, and he goes, well, Kevin, very much enunciating the Kevin <laughs> as he uh, bemoaned uh, that that uh, that loss. So, uh, well, well, truth be told, somebody yeah. from the team should have probably corrected him the first time he said it. Yeah, I kind of wondered why. They maybe uh, did, though. Nobody, nobody who was, uh, he, he knew it, though. He, he just had kind of screwed it up once, and it wasn't. It was, it was, a, we made it into a bigger deal than it actually was. But uh, yeah, I was a little hoping, John Z, that somebody might have kind of nudged Don't him and said, hey, by the way, you know. At our place, we're really trying to grow the man because we think growing the man helps our football team. <laughs> but hey, I'm rooting for the Tampa Bay Vipers. I want them to score an offensive touchdown. What, they haven't? I love ball. <laughs> they have not scored an offensive touchdown yet. Yeah, his, uh, his team's kind of struggling there a oh, little bit. Oh, man. Um, Generally a nice human being, but my gosh, I know I I the Vipers were the team I picked. Like I was like, you pick, don't tell me you picked an XFL team. So, so yeah, to I'm I'm all about Mark right. Tressman. You guys should do the rest of this podcast. I'm going home. You know, we look around the room and we ask ourselves, who's not smart? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been fun. Uh Kevin Fishman. Hey, what team is Harold Jones Cordy on? I saw him the other day. <laughs> I uh, believe the St. Louis Battlehawks. Okay. I think we got to um, come out hard and stay hard. HJQ contributed a lot to this podcast. We should always remember him. Play that Tressman one again. You know, we look around the room and we ask ourselves, who's not smart? That's good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. In a hotel room in Raleigh, North Carolina. All right, we can I'm have laughing way too much. I, I feel bad now. Okay, Kevin. Some good editing by you. Appreciate Kevin. Thanks, guys. I've uh, had those ready to go for a while. Just waited for the perfect opportunity. Thanks, Fishman. Yep, go Cats. There he is, Kevin Fishman. You can follow him on Twitter. Oh, I feel bad for laughing. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Come on. I generally like Mark as a man. Oh, He's absolutely. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Absolutely. Yes, yes. I think maybe some people are having too much fun. Now I, I'm guilty and part of those people now. <laughs> I'm being dead serious, though, that I was like, I want to see the Vipers win yes, for him. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, he won a CFL title since he left. He did. He did, and then yeah. he got fired. Those are great sound bites, though. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, okay. Real quick, you wrote a story on The Athletic that our listeners can look at right now on the app as they're listening to this podcast. 15 players the Bears should be looking at at the Combine. So I tried to pair it with the the needs of, well, the, the roster needs, obviously. Questions about the quarterback. You need a right guard. You need help possibly down the road, a right tackle or a left tackle. You need a starting safety. Like, there's a wide open starting safety spot right now next to Eddie Jackson. What do you do with pass rushers? So the Bears have various needs. Not a lot of draft capital to consider. Everyone knows it starts with the 43rd overall pick and the 50th, 50th overall pick. Um, but I included five quarterbacks. Mr. A Quarterback. Of, a lot of names. Yes, what do you think? Um, let me give you this right now. Um, we're, we're still a couple months away from when I'll have our, you know, my 10 quarterback rankings, I, I, my top 10 quarterbacks I do every year. Um, but at this point, I usually have some good feelings leaning a certain way on on everybody. Um, some years I like kind of already have my top three that I pretty much know for where the bears stand though. So taking out the guys that are probably going to go early, obviously, you know, Joe Burrow and Tua and um, Herbert, Herbert, um, by the way, Herbert, I think Herbert might be Josh Allen. Okay. I, I'm, he surprised me with his, now I'm not, he surprised me with his athleticism in the Rose Bowl, and um, oh, he is running all over the place. Yeah, yeah, a little bit in the Senior Bowl, and uh, but the he's just too inconsistent to me throwing the football. That's just a side note. 
Now, from the guys you listed in your story, I I kind of like Jake Fromm more than I thought. Oh, no. I don't, yeah. I don't like him at all. Well, you're worried about the arm strength. I am. I'm trying to not get too... I think a mistake I've made in the past is getting too caught up in the arm strength. I, I just... He does some certain things with his arm angles to get passes off and be accurate. If you watch some of his film, like he'll just all of a sudden flick his wrists. It, it just, I, he, he gets the... At the end of the day, the quarterback needs to make the play, however it's getting done. And I see Jake Fromm doing that. I just think in terms of... Eason's too inconsistent for me. He may have the better arm. I think there's a reason why Georgia went to Fromm. Eason transferred to Washington. (laughs) Eason also blew out his knee, but yes. Yeah, you're right. I'm trying to pull up the stats here. Hold on, hold on. Like, I know Fromm was part of a different uh, different offense or down down there in Georgia. Hold on, bear with me. Or you start talking about Fromm. Well, let me give you another name. Let me give you another name that I love that you put in, but it was right at the end because this guy's been growing on me. And that's Anthony Gordon from okay. Washington, Washington State, who I kind of just dismissed. Um, and it's I think it's a we really can't dismiss those air raid offenses anymore after what's happened with Patrick Mahomes. Now, on the flip side, we also can't just say, oh, because it worked for Patrick Mahomes, it's going to work for everyone now. But, you know, Kyler Murray is very similar. Um I guess what I'm saying is during this season, didn't watch a ton of Washington State football, would hear about how they were lighting up the scoreboard and scoring 70 points or whatever the hell they were doing. And I'm like, but I knew Gardner Minshew left. I didn't pay too much attention to Anthony Gordon because I kind of just dismissed what was going on. And that's Mike Leach and all this stuff. The more I've watched him, like he does some crazy similar stuff as Mahomes, like where he... It's very unconventional. It's the same things I, I kind of knocked Mahomes for. Not really knocked him because he always made the play, but it was like, this is so unpredictable at the next level. I guess the point I'm saying is he's a very similar boomer bust type of guy yeah. that after seeing what's happened with Mahomes, if he's really going to go way later, I'll take a chance on him. Yeah. Understanding I, that, he, by the way, he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But there's a chance he could become a le- legitimate player. And he's a boomer bust guy. You don't have to take a first round pick on. That's what I'm saying. Like, give he's a mid round guy. To to me, like Jake Fromm strikes me as the player that you think is going to go in the second round, but is actually maybe a third, fourth, fifth round type of talent. That's it. Okay. I, I need to see some physical gifts, personally, especially in today's NFL. You know, it's not. I, I get that the knock on Trubisky is how the brain is functioning. At the line of scrimmage. I get that. Fromm reminds me of Dalton. Okay, that's a fair comparison. And like that's what the kind of career I think you might have. Well, we may get to know Andy Dalton pretty soon here. <laughs> um, the pass rushers intrigued me. Specifically one from your school. Zach Bond. Yes. Yeah. Your thoughts. He's, uh, Zach Bond's a good player. I'm, I, I'm a little surprised that he's being... Um, considered like even late first round, early second round, mainly because the Badgers have had so many guys that it's like they're obviously good, yeah. But it seems like teams don't want to draft them that high. Like even TJ Watt fell. It wasn't a big story here. It was an enormous story in Wisconsin when the Packers passed on TJ Watt. Yeah, because yeah. JJ's a god there yes. in Wisconsin, even though he's on the Texans. And here's his little brother who was outstanding at Wisconsin, and the Packers passed on him. He goes to Pittsburgh, and he's been an unbelievable player. Unbelievable. He's been a really, really good player. He's a pro player. player, yeah, yes. He's, he's good. So, um, you know, Zach Bonds, Zach Bonds, like, I would, it could be TJ Watt. Like, yeah. that's very, that's similar position. It's the same position, and he's a similar productive player. He had a good senior bowl, was extremely productive at yeah. Wisconsin. And, and it, I just think, and I put this in the story, you can read it right now, is in the second round, the Bears have to consider the anti-Floyds. Guys that you don't get infatuated with, just the, the physical gifts. Leonard they Flo- just make the play. Yes, yes, just just get a football that's player. That's Zach Bond. That's yes, Zach Bond. That's what I mean. Yes, yeah. yes. Like the, the, He has real concrete production at the collegiate level that you can use to actually project to the NFL level. Leonard Floyd did not have that. Remember, he played everywhere, and that versatility is something. But you know what? Zach Bond, 
according to Pro Football Focus, you would know too. Did a bit in coverage as well. So you're getting an athlete there. Yep. Just find yourself a productive plug-and-play football player. Not somebody who's going to require time. That's the way I view it. Like it, it may be a safer route, but you know what? A lot of teams are built this way. You don't always have to take these gigantic swings on certain players. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of prospects in here, a lot of really good information. That's why I was kind of giving you, I mean, you really did your homework here. Like, yeah. You know these guys. Yeah. I'm impressed. I like Eason. I'm intrigued by Eason. Okay. Yes. I think he's a little too inconsistent, but I'm not. Uh, thank you for putting Bradley at nine in here, by the way. Yes. You like him? Oh, Bradley and I. Yeah. We talked about him a few weeks ago. Another player who could, it's the anti-Floyd. And we all, you and I both agree if Floyd's a good starter. I just think you need to see. Go back and watch the Senior Bowl and watch what Bradley and I did. Yes. Just wrecked the whole game. Mm-hmm. He looked like Khalil Mack in that game. Yes. The kind of impact that Khalil Mack has sometimes in a game where you just can't stop him from start to finish. Yeah. And he's wrecking the game. That's what Bradley and I from Utah did in the Senior Yeah, I, I was watching. God, he was playing against USC has... Um, Pretty good left tackle. First round tackle. Yes, yes. Yep. And seeing him put him to work. Yeah. His tape against that USC tackle is really good. Yes. It's yes. very impressive. Good players. I think Anai goes in the second round. I think he'll end up being like a guy you said in the end should have gone the first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. so we'll see. I mean, obviously, free agency has got to play out first. A lot of things to get through, but uh, there's definitely some guys that interest me. Check it out. All right. Uh, last thing before we get out of here. Uh, big development in my MCU Binge mode watching thing. I watched Captain America Civil War last night. And I sat at some of these movies, because you know how it is with at our age with yeah. the kids we have at our age. Uh, you don't have a whole lot of time to actually sit down and watch movies. So a lot of these movies I've had to like watch an hour and then the next day I'll finish mm-hmm. it or something like that. So that was my plan last night was to just like watch first hour, I'll finish it tomorrow. I freaking love that movie. Yeah. I, I could not stop watching it. And I, it's like a two and a half hour movie. And when it was over, I was actually surprised it was already over. And all of a sudden, I'm like, holy crap, it's midnight. Like, yeah. I didn't know. I, I And it's a deep one, too. And and so all these people on Twitter have been tweeting at me like, oh, I'm so jealous that you're doing this. And you're about to get to the point where it gets really, really, really good. And they keep teasing this. And I've sort of have, I'm not going to lie, I've sort of had my doubts because my reaction to most of these movies so far have been, it's good. It's entertaining. I'm not that motivated to watch the next one. This is the first time I got done with one of these movies. And I'm like, what's the next one I need to watch it now? The, as you're watching it, you're just... The, the anticipation of the like the the big fight, because how often do you get like a like in all the movies you watched as a kid, it's always the good guys versus the villains. Yeah, but now you got good guys fighting each other. That made it unique to me. Well, you have the good guys versus the bad guys, but then the good guys versus the good guys in this movie. And, yes, uh, and, yes, and it was it w- it was great, and it was complicated, and it was entertaining, uh, and and everybody's involved. That's the first one that the Black Panthers in. Yep. So um, now I don't. I'm a little disappointed. It, let's see. This was the 15th movie that I've watched. You already gone through 15. Wow. Well, that's the order I'm going with, which I did tweet out by the way. So you can look at my Twitter. Some people have asked me, and it, I, I can do it again if you reach out. The link I'm using is from the AMC website on like the per- perfect way to watch these movies, and it, so far it has been. Because, like for instance, well, I think Ant Man and Captain America: Civil War came right right after each other, but like the way Ant Man ends. It does lead up perfectly to Civil War. Yes, yes, and so, you, and you get to watch sometimes the the credit scenes as well. Well, yeah, and that's why I've made sure. Yeah, well, because there's a scene from Civil War that's at the end of Ant Man. Correct in the credits. Yes. So I didn't really like Ant Man that much. No. Yeah. You're not a big Paul Rudd fan. No, I like Paul Rudd. It was a little weird seeing him in that role. I think. Yes. Well, he's more of a comedic character, and he was like that in yeah. the, the comic books. So I liked right. him more in Civil War and like his small role than having like the whole movie about. Okay. Him. Okay. Well, you keep an eye on that Ant-Man. He's going to be important coming up. Yeah. So what's next for you? Thor Ragnarok, my favorite? No, uh, the next one's Black Panther. Okay. That's because a very this, good one, too. It's top like, five for me as well. So this list, because Captain America was... Here's a perfect example of why this is the right order. 
Captain America Civil War was 2016. Spider-Man Homecoming was 2017, and Spider-Man was introduced in Civil War, so that like kind of made sense. Yes. But in the grand story of things, it's Black Panther, which was made after Spider-Man. Black Panther is set only a week after Correct. Civil War, whereas Spider-Man is set two months after Civil War. So... This is it. This is why this like order I'm using has made so much sense. Like and those are two good ones. You're you're yeah. in a good. You're in, well, and, that's what and, people and are Thor saying. Ragnarok. You're in a very good range for these movies right now. Yeah, that's what people have been saying. And I guess what I'm saying in response is I've been like, okay, sure. I think I did finally get there. Yes, that's why it's a big development. Yes, yes. I'm excited for you what you're about to experience over yeah. the next. Week or so. And then the weird thing is, I actually watched Black Panther when it came out. I don't know why. I think it was because it wasn't enough for an Oscar. Yes, it was. Yeah, and and like it was just so it was hyped way more as like a legitimate. Well, you'll see why. You'll, no, you'll, no, you'll I've already see seen it. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Okay, oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I saw it when it yeah. came out because of that. You're gonna rewatch it, but are you gonna rewatch it? I'm gonna rewatch it again. it again. And I've been telling my wife actually for a while that she should watch Black Panther. Like she's turned off by the comic book thing but i'm like no this is really a good movie i think some people would be surprised at how complex these characters are yeah in the comic book mcu world yep yeah, i agree um and they're entertaining so that was big okay it was big i'm excited congratulations i better get this stuff finished soon though because <laughs> <laughs> the combine free agency i got a vacation coming up Ah, you got time we got to watch it on the plane ah <sighs> I do have a nine-hour flight yeah, coming you up. You can knock out, knock out three of them. Bunch. Can you download movies on Disney Plus? Yep. Ooh, Ooh, I don't know. That's a big... Otherwise, I could knock out this whole thing. All right. Uh, anyway, this is a fun podcast. Yes. A lot to get to. Uh, let's get out of here. Let's go enjoy the rest of the week. Big, big podcast coming up next week in Indianapolis. So, two of them. Yes. And I think we're going to actually record some content, too, for some later stuff. So, um, big week in Indy. Tuesday, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, talk. Quarterbacks talk, correct, Tuesday? Tuesday's a huge day. Tight ends and quarterbacks, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. I mean, there's so, it's going to be... I don't even know how we're actually going to have time to even do a podcast. So, bear with us. So it's probably going to be later in the day, maybe even the evening by the time it comes out because there's just going to be so much to get to. But it's going to be a loaded podcast on Tuesday. That's going to be wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, Apple, Google Play, WGN Radio. That's where you get that podcast. And then later in the week, we're going to have more probably interviews for you from you know some fun people in Indianapolis that will be right here on The Athletic. So a ton coming your way next week at the Combine. We're going to be there for it. Make sure you don't miss those episodes. Tell your friends. If they're not subscribing right now to The Athletic, they need to do it because they don't want to be missing this content. Good stuff. And go watch Civil War. What a great movie. Yes. See ya. We thank Phil every day when we come off the field that he was able to bring in guys with this kind of size and girth.